0: Today what I'm going to be talking about is a continuation of something I've been talking about for the last three weeks, I think, three or four. I would encourage you, if you haven't been here for any of those last number of weeks, I would encourage you to listen to the podcast so that you can be up on what we're, we're talking about because if this is your first time visiting today, um, you won't feel totally lost, but this is a series that I've been doing. And today we're going to talk about the assignment that I've shared with you last week that I believe that the Lord is inviting us to participate and partner with him in. And you should find one of these blue cards inside your bulletin. And does anybody not have one of these blue cards? All right. Could you pass? Did you get a bulletin? Could you pass? Uh, Raise your hand if you didn't get one. Anybody over here? Can you see that people get them? You just signed anybody else. And not one per couple, but one per person. So even if your spouse has one, I'd like everyone to have, have one of these. I believe for, for many years there have been many people, many Christians in this community who have been praying for community transformation, praying for revival, praying for God to have his way, for his kingdom to come and be manifest. And I also believe that the Lord is definitely hearing those prayers over the years and desires even more than us to do something about it. And I believe that he also gives each congregation, each of his local churches, an assignment. And then when we do what we're called to do specifically as a local body, I believe that comes together and powerful things are a result, are a result of that. Now, this assignment, assignment practically, what we're talking about is corporately releasing. I'm reading off this blue page. Corporately releasing and declaring the peace, blessing, and economic prosperity of God over our county and city while intentionally walking in love towards the people in it. The Lord is asking us to partner with the authorities over Payne County and Stillwater, namely the sheriff, chief of police, OSUPD, and the mayor, by forming an alliance with them through serving, honoring, and praying for them. So he's wanting us to form an alliance with the authorities of Stillwater. Um, Police, sheriff, OSU police, the mayor. To partner with them, we know that they are the protectors of this community. To serve and protect is their motto. Uh, The mayor, her her job, her desire is to see this community prosper, uh, to be blessed, to be a wonderful community. And so we're wanting to partner with them to see basically community transformation. And so what does this this look like specifically? Here's the assignment that I believe the Lord is inviting us. What it looks like is one prayer. We will have a prayer declaration meeting on Wednesday mornings from 7 a.m. to 745 for one year starting Wednesday, September 7th. So that's this, (coughs) excuse me, that's this. Starting this Wednesday, we will... uh, Start our prayer declaration meeting. It'll be from 7 to 7.45, 45 minutes of power. And so that those who need to get to work by 8 o'clock will have time to do that. Um, I'm going to encourage you and ask that do not come at 7.05 or 7.01, 7.15, 7.20. I mean, if you can't be on time, then it's better for you to stay home because this is important, and I believe we need to treat it with importance, just like we do our jobs, or most of us. I know some people can be late a lot. But, but taking this assignment seriously, we're going to talk about that because we're talking about the saving of many lives. And so I don't want, and I'm going to ask you to make a commitment. You're, you're invited to make a commitment. You're not making a commitment to me, but you're saying, yes, Lord, I want to partner with you in this particular assignment, uh, committing to certain things. And that includes, if you're saying, yes, I'm committing to this, that includes being on time. So I would encourage you on my calendar, I'm putting 645, so I'm going to be there early, so that we can use our whole 45 minutes. Because sometimes when we have a prayer meeting, like we used to in the, in the youth sanctuary, and we have a, a, a direction the Lord's wanting to go, and so at 9.05, 9.10, we're sharing that direction, and then people come in at 7.30, and they have no idea because they weren't there. And so we want to be on the same page. We want to be on the same page. So, uh, so, and some of you are saying, well, my schedule does not even allow me to be here at 7 o'clock because I have to take care of my children, or I have to be at work that early, or et cetera, et cetera. And I understand that. And so what I'm going to ask you to do, if you're wanting to commit to this, but you can't participate in that particular Wednesday morning prayer meeting, then what we're going to ask you to do is, I had it written down somewhere. It's gone. Siri lost it. Basically, what I'm going to ask you to do is have a specific 45-minute segment once a week, wherever you can fit that in. And then you will be making the declarations and praying into those declarations that we'll be doing on Wednesday. So uh, when you sign up, I will be sending you specific declarations and things that we're going to be praying together over this church and over this county. And so everybody will have that. And then if you're not here, you'll be making those same declarations and praying into that. The Holy Spirit leads you praying into those things concerning our church and concerning the county. So now let me make this clear. I'm not saying if you don't feel like coming on Wednesday, do something different. If you can't come on Wednesday, do something different. In other words, have another alternate time. If it's just inconvenient, then either commit or not commit. Is that clear? Are we clear on that? All right. So 7 o'clock, prayer meeting. Um, so here are the prayer requ- Here's what I'm asking you to do in order to to commit to this. One, read the book, Declarations. And that's this book right here, called Declarations by Steve Backlund. Because making declarations, I've been talking about it for a while, it's, it's different than some people may be used to. But if you're reading this book, he does a wonderful job of explaining what it's about. It's not naming it and claiming it and grabbing it and blabbing that kind of thing, which people can label it. But it's, it's lining up and coming into agreement with what the Father says. And we're just agreeing with what he says. For example, if you say, I'm stupid, I'm no good, I'm not important, then you are not aligning and agreeing with what the Father says about you. You are agreeing with and aligning yourself with the accuser of the brother. And he has a lot of sorry stuff to say about you. You can either partner with him or you can partner with what Jesus says. He says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He says you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know that Jesus also says about you, that the same miracles that he did, you will do also. See, that's what he says. And so when you make those declarations, Father, I thank you that I am fearfully and wonderfully made, that I am the apple of your eye, that I get to do the same miracles that you did because Jesus, the Holy Spirit, lives in me and because Jesus said it. You know, things like that, but, a, but declaring with what he says. So in a that nutshell, that's what it's about. So I'm asking you to read this book. And if you, just get the whole, if you just get this book today, if you would at least read the first section by Wednesday. The first section talks all about the declarations and everything. And, uh, number two, commit to a minimum of one nine-week term on Wednesday mornings. So making a minimum commitment of nine weeks. Now, the whole commitment is for a year from now until through August. But I'm asking you to commit at least nine weeks at a time. So you can do a nine-week stint, and then you can re-up and do another nine-week stint. And another one. Or you can do a nine-week stint, and all of a sudden, if your circumstances change and you're not able to make that same commitment on Wednesday morning, then you can maybe take a break or do something different and then come back later on and do another nine weeks. Now, nine weeks doesn't mean if you miss this Wednesday, then you have to wait eight more weeks before you can start. You can start the nine weeks anytime If you start this Wednesday or next Wednesday, but just make it, okay, I'm committing to nine Wednesday mornings. Um, does that make sense? All right. Number three, commit to writing out. This is important too. Committing, you're committing to writing out and making daily declarations on four different fronts. Personal. See what the Lord is inviting us to do is not just to partner with Him for community transformation, but for personal transformation. Remember, we talked about self-speak? You guys, remember that? How many of you have been speaking to yourself? Talking about saying what, what Jesus says about you. And you know, when I talk about, when I say, how's your self-speech or self-talk, I'm not just wanting you to check, oh, I, I can't say nothing bad. I need to stop saying bad stuff about me. Okay, that's a given. I'm encouraging and inviting you to speak what God says about you intentionally. And that's what these personal declarations are. So you'll be in, encouraged to, uh, or committed to making personal so what you'll make is a list of eight to ten, or as you can make as many as you want, but at least eight to ten personal declarations. And the book kind of gives you an example and shows you how to do that. They're very simple. It's not a long declaration that takes you ten minutes to make one, and you've got to know all the scriptures and all that kind of stuff. Now, they, uh, a declaration needs to be scripturally based, and it needs to be based on truth. Uh, but they're, they're very simple. Also, you'll be making family declarations, declarations over your family on a daily basis. And then you'll be making declarations over the church family and then Payne County. So every day, all of us who commit to this will be declaring over ourselves, over our family, over this church, and over Payne County. We'll all be doing that daily, and then we'll be coming together once a week. On the back. Additional practical ways you can participate. Okay, so the first thing is, this is what's required, these three things right here. And then here's some other things that I'm hoping and asking you to participate in too is honoring and serving law enforcement, police departments, OSU, Stillwater PD, sheriffs and deputies. I don't want to forget OSU because they police half the population of Stillwater. Now you think about it, half the people that live in Stillwater go to Oklahoma State, and the Stillwater PD are responsible for them. So they're part of us. So I don't want to think, oh, it's Stillwater and OSU. No, OSU is a part of Stillwater. So, um, and I want to encourage Lee, Lee. hey, that's a new word. I want to encourage Lee. Um, Here's some ways of honoring serving law enforcement. One, personally thanking them in public. Did anybody encounter, not because you got pulled over, but anybody encounter or intentionally approach a police officer this week? Anybody? Awesome. Awesome. See, that fires me up. I'm not talking about you getting arrested and stuff. I'm not talking about that. But intentionally going up to them, especially parents, when you have your kids with you, uh, if you have your kids with you and you see an officer. Now, I'm not talking about chasing them down in their car. You might get in trouble. But if you see them parked in a certain place or in a restaurant or I'm not going to mention the donut shop. I'm not going to do that. But if you, whenever you see them, whenever you see them, approach them, and here's what I did with my kids last week. And I warned them ahead of time because I, I was about to set them up. I said, hey, Benj, Julia, if we see a police officer, I'm just letting you know, I'm going to introduce you to him." okay? And they were cool with it. And so we pulled over. We saw a police officer. Went and approached him. And uh, he got out of the car. And I said, hello, my name is CJ. And he told me his name is Matt. I can't remember his last name, but it was Matt. And I said, this is Benjamin and this is Julia, my son and daughter. And I said, Benjamin and Julia, whenever you're in trouble, you need help. This is who you look for. He's the good guy. And when I said that, his countenance just lit up. And then his partner came, checking out the scene, you know. And then he motioned his partner to come, and he came over, and we introduced him, and I did the same thing with him. And again, his countenance just lit, lit up. And I told the police captain about this idea that I had, and when I shared this with Captain Gibbs, he said, that's a good idea because he believes that to see change as far as stronger relationship between the law enforcement and the community, it has to be one-on-one. It can't be legislation. It can't be, I mean, it's important that we encourage each other as a group, but when you go do it individually, that's what has the most impact. When you say, officer, I just want you to know that we're praying for you. What's your badge number? 86? Okay, got that. We're going to be praying for you, officer 86. 86? Because we appreciate you. I say things like, I thank you that you have my back so I can sit on my couch and watch TV and know that you got my back. I appreciate that. We have no idea what that does to them. Because the media, and it's so funny because all the officers that I talk to, and I talk to them often now, because, uh, by the way, I, I mentioned this last week, I am the Stillwater, I am one of the Stillwater PD chaplains. And and soon to be, I'm going to be meeting or talking to uh, Sheriff uh, Hoff this week, because he's just been inviting me, saying, "Come on, brother, come on." And I said, "I'm thinking about it," but I'm going to talk to him this week and, and just make that official. Um, why don't you hate when you lose your train of thought, get off tangent? Lisa never does that, but oh, I know. I was gonna say when you talk to them on all different levels, all the the patrol officers, the sheriff, the, the one thing that's bothering them, and it's really sad, and we understand this, is that the media, for whatever reason, is portraying them in a negative light. You know, now, things happen. Things that shouldn't happen are happening. I mean, we all have to. But everybody, every officer's not doing that. Matter of fact, most of the officers aren't doing that. You know, a situation happens, or two or three or four situations happen, and how many people do we have in America? Some millions, some, some. I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of officers we have, but then you have these incidents that happen, and then the media gets a hold of it, and it makes us think that all the officers are this way. Just like it can make us think that all black people are like this. And this racism thing, This, this judging thing is just... And it feeds people's fears. And people are partnering with fear. So anything that feeds that, they grab a hold of. And the one thing that's going to break that, the Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. So when you walk in love with somebody, guess what? The fears can't stay there because you're choosing to walk in love with them. You're choosing to partner with them and just to get to know them. And then when you get to know someone that you might be afraid of, it's like a police officer or whatever, you realize, hey, they're really cool people. They're really normal people. So this portrayal from the media really bothers them. And they're like, why? I mean, think about it. If all of a sudden, you know, in this one police officer who I did my last ride around with, we pulled up here. It was funny because I don't know if it's Taylor thought somebody was in trouble. She's like, why are the police here? (laughs) Because I was in their car. Um, I think I did it again. Does anybody know what I was gonna say? I was gonna say, what was that? Don't understand why? Exactly. I don't either. <laughs> we'll see if that thought comes back. And relationship—that's right, relationship. And this guy uh, was saying, he said, do you know, if the if the newspaper, Stillwater newspaper, decided that they hated New Covenant Fellowship. Do you realize you'd be selling this building in a short period of time? Did you catch that? If the, if the media, like let the, say the news press, hated New Covenant Fellowship, we'd probably have to sell this building soon because they could portray us in such a negative light that everybody would be afraid. You know, we're a cult, we're, we eat people, you know, whatever. <laughs> if they decided just to, let me give you an example as this truth I heard. Um, I don't know all the details, but I just remember parts of the story that some, young, some man was into Satanism. He was like a high priest or he was a, a high guy in, in the Satanism organization. And he got out, he got delivered. And some pastor was giving him a lot of money. And the, the media got a hold of this, and they were reporting this pastor was giving this guy a lot of money. This guy was living in a condo overlooking a uh, golf course, and he was driving a Lincoln. And so the, the media just went crazy, and people's opinion went crazy. Well, when you found out the rest of the details, and they, they were telling the truth. The media was telling the truth, sort of. What the real, the rest of the details came out, the guy had been delivered from Satanism, The pastor was paying for his counseling. That's what the money was for. The guy lived in an apartment, not a condo, overlooking a putt-putt golf course. (laughs) And the guy drove a Lincoln, an old beater Lincoln. I mean, a beat-up Lincoln. I mean, driving a Lincoln, overseeing a golf course, sending him lots of money. See, if the media wants to portray you in a negative light, they can do that. Now, again, I'm not saying all media is bad, because I can say all media is bad, and then we can run on that vein. But for some reason, their concern is like, why does it seem like the media is wanting to portray us in a bad light? It's like if you were totally innocent and all of a sudden you saw yourself in a paper and they were reporting things about you that weren't even true. It's like, why are they attacking me? So with that being the situation nationally, we can do something about that. You can let the police officers on all levels, OSU, Stillwater, Sheriff, hey, whatever they're saying, that's not me. Thank you. I support you. I'm praying for you. And let the Holy Spirit give you ideas and do cool stuff for the police department. So one thing we're going to do is, uh, I love this idea that Stephen Burt came up with. When he first said it, it, was like, oh, that's okay, yeah, that's cool. But when I was sharing the idea with somebody, it was like it just, a bomb went off, and it's like, this is of God. And I said, hey, Stephen, tell me about that idea again, and we talked about it. But basically, it's coming up with signs. You know how when, when we're having elections, like we just had with, with Chris Redding and different people, or we have mayor, or we have... Um, on different levels, and you have, you have these signs in your yard showing who you support, Boat Smith, Boat Jackson, or whatever. Well, how about having those kind of signs in our yards that display that we are in favor of our law enforcement? And imagine if all of us had those signs up. And imagine other churches did that. And so when a police officer on patrol is driving around all day, he sees signs saying, we are for you. We have your back. We love you. We appreciate you. Now, not that the sign's going to say all that stuff per se, but that's what the sign represents. That's what it means. Imagine what that can do with the relationship and encouragement of our police officers. You think that'll encourage them any? So we're going to be inviting you guys to do that. So we're working on, our professional is working on ideas for that. Um, Talk about, here's a good one. Talk about them in a positive manner. You know that cooler talk at work when everybody's talking about stuff and then there's a story that comes out about police officers and then all the negative talk, blah, blah, blah. Can you do something about that? Yeah. I'm not talking about just standing there silently letting it happen. Say something positive. Say, you know, man, I met this one police officer and this guy was awesome. He helped me do this or he did this. Talk, let our speech encourage, let our speech uh, be that which backs them. Listen to the Holy Spirit and what he tells you to do to honor and serve them. Use your gifts and consider doing a ride-along. Not a drive-by. That's what I keep calling them. Don't do drive-bys because you end up in jail for those. But do a ride-along. You know, you say, man, I just did my first drive-by last night. It's like, <laughs> step out of the car, you know. Like, oh, that's not what I meant. But a ride-along is when you, when you, uh, you fill an application and um, if they accept you, then they pick a time and you just ride with an officer and you just see things from their perspective. And I'm doing that. It's becoming my regular routine. Um, my purpose is not to see all the cool stuff, which what they like. To, they like to show you a good time. <laughs> Don't even mind that the first night I went out, it was very active. I mean, guns drawn, you know, shotgun. I mean, just it was just one of those movie-type scenes. Now, it didn't escalate, and, and I was dodging bullets and shooting guns out of people's hands and all that. You know, it, wasn't, it didn't go to that level. But it was pretty intense. And then we had accidents to take care of and all that kind of stuff. And they were excited about the fact that I got to have a good, exciting evening to see things from their perspective, see what they go through. And I can tell you one thing. Going through that, my respect for them went up. These men and ladies are awesome. They're amazing. And I think, you know what? And this morning as I was brushing my teeth, I was thinking, you know, on vacation, like, like Christmas and val- not Valentine's, uh, Thanksgiving and all those days that, you know, like tomorrow is the holiday. Imagine if the police station took off tomorrow. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. They don't. 365. They're watching our streets. They're watching our backs. They are amazing people. So we're going to be partnering with them and see that that when we serve, the whole purpose is to love them, to serve them, to honor them, and team up with their authority so that we can pray with authority over our community. So it's it's, it's a spiritual attack as well as a practical walking in love. Okay? And then... Let's see the last part, intentionally loving people in our community. So it's a three-part assignment. It's the prayer part, the declaration part, it's the honoring and teaming up with our law enforcement, and it's the intentionally loving people in our community. Being open for opportunities to share encouragement with people you encounter throughout your day. In other words, throughout your day, if you're buying groceries, if you're paying for gas, if you're in school, if you're at work, looking for opportunities to intentionally encourage people. I mean, how many times have you said to the the young lady at the uh, drive-thru at McDonald's, you're doing an amazing job. Thank you so much. Try that and see what happens to their face. Just try it. You're doing a wonderful job. Thank you so much. I don't think they're going to cuss you out and say, oh, you're lying. But just watch their countenance. encouragement. Encouragement is such a powerful ministry. Powerful ministry. Um, people have to check, you know, uh, cashiers, servers, people who wait on you at restaurants. I'm going to say this real quick. I hope I don't spend too much time on this. I learned, I used to be a server when I was 16. When I was a teenager, I was a server at a restaurant in Lawton. And so I knew this was the case. I wasn't a Christian back then, but I've even heard talking to a friend who has friends who are servers, and unfortunately, this is still the case currently here in Stillwater, that Sunday after church is the least liked shift of servers. Now, wait a minute. Now, we're talking Sunday after church is when all us wonderful, beautiful, nice, positive-talking Christians fill the restaurants, and we're so encouraging to our servers, and we're very generous with our money. That's not what's happening. They should be fighting over getting the Sunday afternoon shift. They fight over who doesn't get it. Hey, I had it last time. It's your turn. You know why? Because what they're saying, and I'm saying they being general, being vague, because it's not everybody again. But they're saying that Sunday afternoon, the church crowd are the most demanding, most complaining, least generous. When we give tips, we give tracks. So you need Jesus. I don't like that, by the way. If you want to give a track, please give a track. But put an exorbitant or a huge tip inside that track. Because, see, that little track is not going to help that lady feed her kids. Now we're thinking, but it'll save her soul. If she reads it, it might. So you think if you leave leave an empty track... Versus a $50 track, which one do you think will get rid? <laughs> that was a word of knowledge right there. <laughs> but I mean, we as Christians, all of a sudden, see, we forget we, we have a good time, and then we go out into the community, and we go into these restaurants, and we think it's all about me. This lady here is her job is to serve me excuse me, miss, my steak is horrible. Now, if your steak is not cooked the way you, you paid for it, you asked for it, is it okay to ask for them to fix it? Yes. It's the manner in which you do it. You say, get this sorry trash off my table and give me what I want. Some people have that kind of attitude. But saying, excuse me, ma'am. Uh, My steak steak is a little overcooked, a little undercooked. And, of course, they, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And they get nervous and everything because they think they're not getting a tip. Really, that's what they think. Because typically, if my food isn't the way I want, then I ain't giving no tip because you don't deserve a tip. And that's what we do. If our steak gets messed up, what we like to do is make sure we give extra. One, because it's not the server's fault. And two, it's not based on what they deserve. Exactly. Kingdom currency is not based on what we deserve, but it's based on his desire to give. And so what we like to do is we encourage our servers. I mean, one guy, he served us. In a, I took my wife out to a restaurant one time, and our steak was, it was not good. It was, it was messed up. And he was, he was talking to us until that point when he realized, excuse me, sir, can they fix this or whatever. He's like, oh, sure, so sorry. Then he was afraid of us. Then he avoided us. Because he thought, we were mad at him and all that kind of stuff. I said, excuse me, and I got his attention. We got him over there, and we just started encouraging him. letting him know, we're not mad at you. And beginning just to encourage him and speak things into his life, we couldn't get rid of the guy. I was really concerned for the other customers because he stayed at our table. It's like, hey, that lady over there needs some water, you know. But what was happening, what was happening is two strangers, we're filling his tank. And we're saying, you know what? You're, very, you're, you're valuable. And I felt like the Lord gave me something, and I began to share with him. Dude, he would not leave us alone. We just loved on it. And we made sure we gave a, a really good tip, really good tip. Imagine if we start doing that. When we go to the restaurants, we, we budget so that we can tip extravagantly. Budget. So if you can't afford to tip, then eat at home. Or go to McDonald's. (laughs) But tip extravagantly and look for the opportunities. Lord, do you have something you would like me to share with, with this young man or this young lady? If you don't feel like he gives you anything, you can't, I'm not hearing anything. What does the Bible say about letting your speech, no unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but that which gives encouragement, edifies. So you can at least encourage. Say, young man, I really appreciate your service today. You did a wonderful job. Thank you so much. in See, this is what we're talking about, walking in love in this community. Because we're praying and we're hitting the heavenlies and we're, we're doing warfare and all that kind of stuff, it's like you have the air support when the military is going into a place and there's a campaign, they bombard it in the heavenlies. They boom, 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 air support. But then the ground troops have to go in. If the ground troops don't go in, the ground is not going to be taken. You can't take the land with just air support. You have to have the ground troops. You and I is the ground troops. We pray the air support. We're tearing down strongholds and all that kind of thing. And then the ground troops, we walk in intentional love with people. I'm talking about going out of our way. I'm talking about when we get up in the morning and we're heading to Conoco, heading to work and we have to stop at Conoco on the way. We're intentionally thinking, Lord, let's encourage somebody today. Let's rock somebody's world today. Let's bless somebody today. And your antenna is up and your radar is open and you're looking for opportunities. Imagine if 100 people did that in Stillwater on a regular basis. Imagine when we left here and everybody left the churches and they go to the restaurants And all of a sudden, the culture in the restaurants changes to where the Christians are the most generous, most kind, most encouraging, less demanding. Imagine what would happen to the culture in the restaurants. They'll begin to notice, wait a minute, something's different. On Sunday afternoons, something's different. Something's different. Right now it's different, but it's not the good kind of different. Walking in intentional love with people. Treasure hunting. People keep calling me or texting me and say, hey, what are we going to do a treasure hunt? My desire with treasure hunting was to introduce you guys to treasure hunting so you would treasure hunt. Not me. I don't even like treasure hunting. Just kidding. Just kidding. But yeah. <laughs> But I'd love to hear, hey, CJ, we went on a treasure hunt last night and this cool stuff happened. That was the goal, to get you out doing that so I wouldn't have to. So I can sit back and watch football all day. Not. So I encourage you, treasure hunt. That is a wonderful, fun, scary, fun, practical way to love on people. Volunteer for particular ministries that are serving people in the community. Volunteer for particular ministries that are serving people in the community. You know, as we tar- I feel like the Lord is wanting to target crime. Violent crime, crime committed against people, you know, sexual crime, all that bad stuff, sex um, trafficking that I found out happens here. I was shocked. I feel a certain emphasis the Holy Spirit's wanting us, you know, drugs, which includes alcohol, and violent crime. I feel like those are the things we're going to be targeting. And so as we're targeting that in prayer, I believe he wants us to partner with him in practical ways to love people in those areas. And there are ministries in this community that you could volunteer for to be helping people. I mean, imagine stronghold breaks. A lot of people get delivered from drugs. They need help, don't they? They need help. What do I do now? I don't want to do drugs anymore. What do I do now? What about a young lady or some young ladies that get delivered from a sex trafficking ring? Or ladies that get saved and they come out of the strip joint? Or what, what do we do with them? Tell them to be blessed, be filled, and go on their merry way. Don't come here because you're too uncomfortable for me to deal with. Is that what we do? Or say, you know what, I'm not sure how to help, but we're not going to just leave you, let you leave. And so I'm going to call up Leah and Chris and say, hey, I don't know what to do about this. We have two ministries that have come up that deal with sexual brokenness. Something that we don't talk about in the church. Because we Christians don't deal with sexual brokenness. I'm flying through my teeth. You know, Johnny and Heather and Lee and Chris have a ministry that deals with helping people in sexual brokenness. So if you personally are struggling, I want you to come up here right now. Just kidding. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you. But if you are personally dealing with battle, I mean, we're talking pornography, we're talking infidelity, all that stuff that goes along with the sexual brokenness. If you're battling that, I introduce those two ministries to you. Johnny and Heather Underwood and Lee and Chris Cangelosi. Oh yeah, why don't y'all stand up? I know, yeah, Chris and Leah stand up. Heather, I know Johnny's not here. He's, he's, he's in crew. But these two couples, her half is over there. But these two people, talk to them. Or, or you can get their number, whatever you can you know, find out. I mean, you can do it in a way. I, I'm not trying. Anyway, just talk to them. Just talk to them. Thank you, guys. And also, Chris and Leah deals with all kinds, sexual brokenness on all kinds of levels and all kinds of things in the community. If you want a partner and say, hey, I want to help. I want to help. I'm already over a little I need to finish. If you can give me a few more minutes. But here's something that's been in my heart. It got put in my heart. And I know it was another setup by the Holy Spirit, which I'm liking his, his setups. When I realize he's, he's, he's lured me in and it's like he grabs me and gives me this big, big bear hug. But I remember I was somewhere. I don't know if I was getting my car fixed or whatever, but I was watching in the waiting room. Might have been the hospital. There was a, uh, this minister It was on Fox and there was this, this lady they were interviewing, and she came out and she used to be in the, the exotic dancing industry, shall I say. And I tuned into what she was saying because I, I thought I heard Jesus come out of her mouth. I'm like, what? And she was talking to what she is. She's a minister, her and her team. They go into the strip clubs, and they pay for ladies' time, and then they sit down with them and just talk to them and love on them. And their goal, because see, these ladies came out of there. They were in that industry. Someone loved on them, encouraged them, helped them, led them to Jesus, helped them with jobs and all that kind of stuff that they need. And now they're calling us to go do the same thing. When I saw that, I thought, oh, my goodness. It just lit a fire in me. Now, I knew God wasn't calling me to that ministry. And any other man who says, I'm called to that, no, you ain't. No. <laughs> I'm just telling you, okay? <laughs> but from that point I thought, Lord, I would love love to see that happen in our church. I'd love to see that happen. I'd love to see ladies going out to um Thank, what's it called? The Blue Diamond Cabaret. To do something, help those ladies. I'd love to see that. Because I remember years ago, I, a friend of mine named Lyric Angelosi, I found out she was doing that. And her and some ladies went there and did all kinds of crazy, cool stuff, just loving on these women. And they didn't give them bags full of tracks. So you need Jesus. Turn or burn, baby. What are you doing in this place? Those ladies know that they shouldn't be in that place. But many of them need to feed their kids. And there's a fast, profitable way to feed their kids. Not saying it's right by any means, but they're just trapped in this, this situation. And some crazy Jesus people come on the scene and say, hey, we just want to let you know you're beautiful. You're awesome. You're amazing. If you ever want to call me, give me a call. And then these ladies realize I have a friend. And see, this is the kind of stuff, if we're saying, God, we want to partner with you, who's going to go into those kind of places? Thank you, Leah. Who's going to help the people who get delivered from drug addiction or prostitution or all that kind of stuff? We don't talk about this kind of stuff in church because that's scary. That's uncomfortable. But we have ministries who says yes to God, to that calling, and they're willing, and they're looking for volunteers. There are ways, men, that we can serve that ministry in a practical way behind-the-scenes way, way behind-the-scenes. Talk to Chris and Leah about, say, hey, I want to serve my community. They have inroads with Lincoln Academy, with teenagers, with the school systems that not anybody else really has. Feeding the poor, feeding the, the hungry. There are all kinds of wonderful ways where we can walk in love, and that's what this is about. This assignment is about walking in love to the people in this community. I didn't even get to half through half my sermon today, but I want to say one more thing, and then I will, I will close. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, Therefore I exhort you, 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4, Therefore I exhort you, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Notice here Paul says to pray for kings and all who are in authority. Do you know when Paul wrote this, do you know who was in authority, who was the king in that time? His name was Nero. And Nero was not a nice man. Nero did not like Christians. (coughs) One thing that he would do, he would have parties, you know, have guests over and everything, and one thing he would do to light his parties so that people could see at his beautiful parties is he would impale a Christian, tar them, and light them on fire. And they'd be hanging up, lighting the way for these people to have a glorious time. Nero, bad man. Paul says, pray for all in authority. Kings. Kings. He's saying, people, pray for Nero. So that we may lead a peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in God's sight, the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. He's saying, pray for Nero for his salvation, in a nutshell. I'm not going to ask you to answer me vocally. Hillary, David, David. Donald Trump. One of those will probably be our next president. How are you speaking about them right now? Don't answer this. Paul says to pray. You can either, remember the, in, in Romans it says, be not conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. You're either going to be conformed or transformed. Conformed to the pattern of this world or transformed to a kingdom-mindedness. When I partner with people who talk about how horrible our choices are, how horrible A or B is, how our country is going to hell very fast, I'm declaring these things, I'm partnering with these things, I am partnering with the accuser of the brethren. I'm partnering with the one who wants to see our country go to hell. And I'm making declarations on his behalf against people that God loves. People that Jesus died for. I need to choose to be kingdom-minded and walk in faith and have faith that God's kingdom is a lot bigger than our American government Jesus is not up for re-election, by the way. You're not going to find his name on the ballot, just letting you know. But he is the king. And regardless of who gets in office, my charge and your charge is to pray for them. And to love them with my words. Now, I have in the past, I have not been doing, I've been doing the partnering with the devil. I challenge and I encourage you as my brothers and sisters, let's not be conformed, but let's be transformed. And here's why. If I'm partnering with hopelessness, if I'm partnering with this country in trouble, if I'm partnering with that, then I'm going to have this mindset of hopelessness and discouragement and gossip and grumbling and complaining. And then I want to tell people how wonderful Jesus is. That's not going to happen. But if I'm speaking words of, in faith, that, you know, regardless of who gets elected, God can still do amazing things through them. And I'm partnering with them. You know, remember when, when, when uh, Jesus was rejected by the towns, they wouldn't let him come in and everything, and his disciples says, Hey, Jesus, you want us to call fire down on them punks? Jesus said, Go for it, boys. Is that what he said? He said, you know not what spirit you're of. They deserve judgment because they rejected the king. And the dudes wanted to tear him up. And Jesus said, you know not what spirit you're of. We need to quit speaking judgment over America. This is an amazing country. I'm very patriotic. I love this country. I've had the privilege of traveling all over the world. This is the best place. I ain't fooling either. And for us to tear down this country because we don't like who's going to be in office? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Let's think about what we're saying. Let's partner with him and allow our minds to be transformed. And I would even encourage you, if you struggle in this area, I would encourage you to, to make sets of declarations for whoever's president and begin to declare. Even Don't wait for them to be president. Declare over them now. They're people that Jesus loves, regardless of their political beliefs. Let's stand together. So here's two things I'm going to ask you to do as far as being practical with this. On the back, it has my phone number. If you're going to make a commitment saying, yes, I want to partner with this, then I want you to send me a text and say, Pastor CJ, I'm in. And tell me your name because I may not have you in my contacts. con yeah. You just send me a text and say, yes, I'm in. And that way, because the people, just like right now, whenever there's tornadoes threatening this area, there's a certain group of people that I send a text to. And they jump on it, and the tornadoes go away. <laughs> That'll be a new text group. It's a good one. But those of you who say, yes, I want to partner with this, you'll be, you'll be put in a text alert group. And if I'm riding around with a police officer or something comes up that I know, hey, we need to pray over this, you'll get an alert. Hey, I need you to pray. Or we need to be praying for this or, or whatever. Okay? Also... Please listen to this. If you own a business, whether it's a brick-and-mortar business or an entrepreneur-type business, like Arbonne, something like that, I want you, what I want to do is I believe part of what God's want to do is bring economic blessing to this community. So if you have a business and you would give me permission to put your business on a list I'm going to be sending this list to, to those of us who are committing, and we're going to be declaring over your business every day. God's blessing. I need your permission. Now, I know a number of you have businesses, but even if you know I know, I want you to send me a text to say, hey, CJ, please put my business and tell me the name of your business. I may not know the name of it. Okay? We're going to be serious about this. We're going to be intentional and practical. And we're going to see when God begins to do wonderful things, we're going to get to celebrate together. When you have economic breakthrough in your business, all of a sudden your clientele just jumped up 50% for no, for no apparent reason. We get to celebrate with you and for what God's doing. All right, so two things. Text me, say, yes, I'm in, and text me your business name if you don't mind me putting it on a list that I'm going to send to people who are going to be praying for the blessing of your business. Brick and mortar, entrepreneur, whatever it is. Okay? You with me? Did I lose you guys? Did I lose you? Okay. (laughs) Father, we thank you. You're so excited about people. You're excited about us. And we're excited about you, Lord. You're so good. You're so amazing. And we just want to hang out with you and love people with you. Thank you for what you're doing in this community, what you're doing in this congregation, what you're doing in our families, We say yes to you. We give you permission to deal with our junk, our stuff, so that we can be whole and so we can share the good news of how Jesus delivers, how he takes our brokenness and makes us whole. And we say yes to you, Father. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, and you guys have an amazing week.